Welcome to Annyeonghaseyo Mate, a free podcast from the Australian Embassy in Seoul. This podcast is designed for Koreans and Australians who are interested in learning more about each other. But now, over to Ravi. Thanks so much, Josephine. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. I'm delighted to have with me Mr. Con Simos. Welcome, Con. Hello, Ravi. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, you're the Group Manager for Industry Development and Support at the Australian Wine Research Institute. Tell us a bit more, please, about the AWRI. Yes, that's correct. Uh, I work for an organisation called the Australian Wine Research Institute. We are a unique organisation in the sense that we are industry-owned. We're not a government organisation. We are a private organisation. Our role is to service the needs and the requirements of the Australian grape and wine industry. And what brings you to Seoul? Okay, we are in Seoul um, with, um, with the invitation of Wine Australia. So Wine Australia is the organisation that has statutory responsibility for marketing of Australian wines in overseas markets, but also uh, domestically. And uh, we are here to support them, talk about what we do as an industry and our strengths. Um, our industry, we like to consider our industry as being quite technologically advanced. And we're here to talk about the, educa- the education aspects of a lot of our activities and a lot of our research. Okay. Your research, please tell us a bit more about that. Our research is um, how do we undertake our, our research? Our organisation works very, very closely with great growers and winemakers. And they come to us all the time and they say, hey, we've got this issue, we've got something interesting happening here, Um, can you you do some work, can you investigate, can you find out something new about this, how can we incorporate this work into our our daily work activities. So we we work very closely with industry, all of our research is pretty much defined by what industry wants us to do. And so we have, as the industry has grown and changed over over certainly over the last 20 years when it's grown quite significantly, our organisation has grown and changed and morphed with, uh, with the changing requirements and demands of industry. So we have, at the moment, we have quite a vast capability in terms of not just scientific research, but we're also involved with sensory sciences, uh, with microbiology and with, uh, with engineering. Where the AWRI is perhaps a little bit different from a lot of the other organisations is that we consider ourselves not just a research organisation, but it's our ability to take that information and to transfer that information and to uh, support industry, uptake that information so they can make better decisions in, um, in making better wine, but also producing more interesting styles for, for, um, for consumers in Australia, but certainly overseas. Can I please ask you what exactly research in respect to sensory services means. Okay, so what, what, what um, does that cover? So um, our organisation, we have a full-time equivalence of about 100 people and about 20 of those people, um, they are involved, so it's uh, people drawn from the public, we train them and what they do, they come in three, four days a week and all they do is just taste wines. Wow, and these wines, now that's a fun job, I think. <laughs> it's a very, very fun job. Um, 
Uh, they're always uh, they always get lots of presents and lots of lollies, etc., for all of their work. Um, but essentially, what they're doing is that uh, every, or I should say, most research activities at the institute they have to have a sensory component. That means there's no point to do research for research's sake. Right. And so um, every research component must incorporate um, some sensory work, and that is really identifying what are the key drivers of, um, of what consumers want. And we're not talking about just Australian consumers, we're talking about Chinese or sure. Korean or Europeans or, or Americans. Mm-hmm. And we are trying to identify what are the flavour profiles that stimulate them, mm-hmm. and also what are the, what are the uh, flavour attributes that they also dislike. And so we pull all that information together and we say, okay then, if you want to make a wine that is um, preferred by Korean consumers, then it has to be with this flavour profile. That's very impressive. So, effectively, what you're saying is there's an art, you know, starting with the basic winemaking and the winemaker's feel and so on. But this is, in the Australian case, very much underpinned by science. Exactly. So, as you would know, when you, when somebody, a consumer, tastes a wine. Uh, it can be a very, it can be a very, very subjective experience. And what we're trying to do is that we're trying to turn the object, the subjective, into an objective uh, science. And we follow a um, a disciplined, evidence-based approach. So we do a lot of work with training consumers, um, and so that they can provide some evidence-based information that we that we use with that. On top of that, what we also do is that uh, we take the the analytical side and we pull all of those two together and so that we get some really strong information about um, how, we, how we present this information out to industry. Okay, and that was actually going to be my next question. I understand you have this, uh, sounds like an amazing organization. How does that information and how does that get disseminated to the grape growers, for example? Okay. How does that affect decision making? Okay, so that's the role that, uh, that I uh, lead and that's the uh, so I, I lead a group of people and it's really our task to uh, identify information that has been uh, from from our research but also from our interaction with industry so one of the unique capabilities we have is called the help desk support and this service is free to anybody who's in the Australian wine industry and they can call up and they say hey I want to know what are the export requirements for sending wine to to Korea for example or I've noticed that my customer in, in Seoul um, has said that you know, this wine is a little bit different from the, the wine I sent last time. And so what we do is that um, we have a discussion with the, uh, with the winemaker and then what we can do is that we can uh, request some samples and what we do is that we do a lot of analysis, we do a lot of sensory and then we provide a report uh, on that work. And that is really designed to help the winemaker say, okay then, I have a report here, it says that I have to do this, this and this, and then I'll follow it through, and so next time um, you know, the wine will be perhaps a little bit different or more in line with what my customers want. So it's really a what we call a patient-doctor relationship. And so what we do with that information, so for example, we field around about 4,500 inquiries like that every year. Wow. And so it's a huge capability, and what we do, what we do with that information is that we aggregate that information up and it gives us an opportunity to track trends over a long period of time. So we have a database of over 30,000 inquiries um, spanning 15 years. Right. And then that gives us a really good opportunity not to say what's actually happened in the past, but we can track 
current trends uh, with our with our historical database and we can say okay then it looks like this year for example it's been a hot year we notice that there's been some hot conditions and therefore we need to provide this kind of information out back out to industry okay is there anything specifically that you're noticing in terms of um, interaction with the Korean market with respect to consumer tastes or preferences and so on? Well, uh, we haven't done any work specifically in Korea, but we know that um, when we, uh, we can make, I guess, some very general comments about, you know, what consumers want. Mm -hmm. And what's really surprising, we think that American consumers are different from Australian consumers or they're different from Asian consumers. But in fact, um, generally speaking, they prefer, you know, wines to be, um, have flavour, they want them clean, they want them to be sort of without technical faults, and you know they, they want to have the enjoyment of, of of what Australian wines can can bring to them. Great. So with that combination of you know great Australian soil, passionate winemakers, great fruit, and the science, I think that really explains why you know Australian wine is amongst the world's best. Exactly, and we're very, very proud of our achievements uh, because we're certainly our technological advances have made that um, have made it very important in terms of what we do. Another key area where we have worked on in the past is the um, the use of screw caps. Right. And so, for example, 15, 20 years ago, um, a lot of wine a lot of wine producers were coming to the AWRI and saying, "Hey, you know, my wine is looking very, very different now." I bottled this wine two years ago, it's not what I expected it to be, right. I'm getting a lot of uh, uh, complaints about the wines, um, please help me because you know, we, when we bottled this wine, this wine was perfect, mm. but now under court closures what we have found is that there's a lot of variation in quality. Right. And a cork is very interesting, a cork has been used for you know, pretty much thousands of years, but a cork is a natural product and therefore it's prone to variation. And so there's two... I guess there are two issues in terms of what corks can do. Firstly, they can impart what we call a cork taint. Mm -hmm. And for those of you that are not familiar with a cork taint, it's, it's, it's similar to, um, or what it can lead to, it can, firstly it can lead to the, um, the, the flattening of the fruit profile, so you really can't smell the fruit. Um, and if it, get wor if, it, uh, if it looks worse, sometimes it takes on an earthy note, a wet cardboard note, almost a concrete uh, mouldy character note. Right. And that's, that's a function of um, a compound called uh, uh, TCA. And the other area is also very interesting is that um, people say that there are never great vintages, only great wines. And that is, that is very, very true because you can have 12 bottles of wine uh, from the same carton that you may have bought 15, 20 years ago. And what you will find under a court closure is that you know, one will be absolutely spectacular three or four will probably be okay, uh, three may be average, and then maybe the, uh, the rest of that case, you know, that will be, um, you know, variable quality of, uh, of some kind of cork-related fault. So the industry um, was very, very concerned about this 15 years ago, and what we did as an organisation, we did, we conducted a whole lot of trials, and we compared uh, cork closures with plastic closures, but also with screw caps. And what we found is that the screw cap actually became a far superior closure in the sense that um, when a consumer uh, purchased a bottle of wine with a screw cap, they knew what they were getting. Um, that's because that's how the winemaker um, uh, wanted that wine to be and that's how that wine 
uh, lift his, uh, his, his or her cellar. Mm. So that consistency, that consistency is, is really important, obviously. It's very, very important because as consumers, when we buy something and we want it to be consistent and we don't like surprises. So another reason to you know, buy lots of Australian wine, you know what you're going to get. You know what you're getting, and exactly. And you know that it's going to stay that way for the for time, time that yes. you're expecting to sell yes, it. exactly. Right. Well, look, you, when you were talking there, particularly about um, you know, the consistency of the wine and so on, it's very obvious to me that you yourself have a, a deep and keen interest in winemaking. And you yourself were a winemaker, weren't you? Well, hopefully I'm still am, right? Ah, so, okay. um, so my background is I have been a winemaker now for over 30 years. Wow. And, and I have been very, very privileged. It's an amazing industry. I've met a lot of fantastic and very knowledgeable people. Uh, I've been fortunate to have traveled around the world. So, in fact, most of my career I've actually worked in overseas countries. I spent a lot of time in France, uh, Eastern Europe, Germany, uh, ended up making wine in, in 11 different countries. Wow. Okay. And I was quite fortunate, so about 15 years ago we decided to come back to Australia. And it's put me in a really great position now because all of the knowledge that I've learnt, you know, we, we, we can now adapt that information and use that to help um, you know, Australia's great growers and winemakers. Mm. So you said you hope you still are a winemaker. Yes. Do you have a little uh, vineyard somewhere or uh, is it more just uh, you know, vicariously through, through colleagues and the industry? Well, uh, I have thought of you know, coming up with a label, but uh, to be honest with you, I guess in terms of uh, satisfaction, in terms of what we're doing now, um, you know, I'm very, very privileged to work for the Australian Wine Research Institute. We do some, some amazing things. Uh, you know, we're, we're there to service industry and you know, when people come to you and they say, hey, I've got this problem or hey, I've got this challenge, can you help me? And we can help them. Um, there's nothing more satisfying than that. I couldn't agree more. Uh, there is uh, obviously a great deal of satisfaction to be had in that. And uh, you know, also, so that you know, I, as I said, uh, Korean consumers, I think, are increasingly developing a taste for the range of Australian wines that we have to offer. Um, while we're known for one or two styles, it, it's now getting that we are known for the whole range. And for your role in helping our industry, uh, I'm very grateful to you. Thank you. And I must say that uh, I've been fortunate to come to Korea quite a few times now, and I'm always impressed at how, how quickly and how enthusiastically and, um, and how uh, fast uh, information is embraced by by people here, and you know the general knowledge is increasing very quickly. And um, I think it sounds it sounds like a very great market to be in. Fantastic! Thank you so much for sharing some of your time with us. You're welcome. Thank you. That's it for today's podcast. We welcome your feedback. Email us at soul-inform at dfat.gov.au. Let us know if there are any particular topics you would like us to cover. You can find us on Facebook. Australia in the Republic of Korea. 안녕하세요 mate is not to be quoted or rebroadcast in any form without permission from the Australian Embassy. Comments in the podcast may not reflect official Australian government policy. Thanks for listening to this podcast. See you next time. 안녕히 계세요 mate.